I want to talk about something called a package deal. And um, I am cooking, so I apologize if uh, I have to go pretty soon. But um, this concept came from Alex Epstein in regards to the climate narrative. And a lot of people will, um, if you don't prescribe to ESG policies or trying to get off fossil fuels, they might call you like a climate denier. But um, the idea that this is a package deal is um, the case where they, they basically roll up what they think about you and your ideas uh, into one, um, one value statement. And that is, is that you could absolutely believe that humans impact climate, uh, but disagree on policy prescriptions um, to address the issue, right? That, that you disagree on the magnitude of the problem, you disagree on the total context of the issue, and you come to a very different conclusion. Uh, and so what, what one camp might do is package something up and label you sort of a climate change denier in order to, um, to sort of ignore the nuances in your position. And um, so I just, I was thinking about this concept because I was listening to an Alex Epstein podcast recently because he just launched a new book. So he's been promoting it about this concept of the package deal in regards to Bitcoin. And it's, um, I think that Bitcoin is very much like a package deal as well. Um, I think that just because some Bitcoiners point out truthfully you know, inflation is a bad thing and the Federal Reserve is responsible, that the solution isn't automatically Bitcoin. But I guess maybe a better way to describe the package deal in my mind is I, I saw this tweet and I think I linked it below. I didn't copy it exactly, but I think I linked it below and it basically described what Bitcoin was. And it said it was a decentralized system. Let's see, maybe I can pull it up and read it. Bitcoin is a decentralized network that enables savers to protect their wealth from fiat debasement and state seizure. It also has the base layer for the Lightning Network, which enables nearly free, instantaneous international payments. And there's much more to come. So what I mean by that is that um, Bitcoin is just code. And it's not necessarily, it represents a monetary system um, to the Bitcoiners, and they believe that it represents sound money. Now, I do give them, I will give them the fact that it is a currency equivalent um, token. So there's things called money substitutes that will, will trade, and even our government will basically grant them as a money substitute. There's something that is traded among the population, and if it holds value, if it is able to be priced and traded, if there's exchanges, then you consider it sort of a money substitute, but that doesn't make it money itself. And so they're, they're basically saying you're, you're able to store your wealth in this thing called Bitcoin, but Bitcoin doesn't do that because you need exchanges in order to always convert your token called Bitcoin to a local currency that it's priced in. Basically, you're only able to really um, say that you're able to save anything in Bitcoin to the extent that exchanges that allow fiat conversion into Bitcoin or other tokens, you know, exists. So um, that is my opinion of what, you know, what, what, what are the Bitcoiners doing? They're packaging this thing together 
called you're going to be able to store your wealth. Just that basic, basic principle is something they're taking uh, for granted or that does actually doesn't exist inside the Bitcoin system because Bitcoin itself says nothing about convertibility of your token or Bitcoin into a fiat or local currency. So the Bitcoiners constantly make this mistake when they talk about you're, you're able to move Bitcoin from, you know, outside of a third world country or dictator. You know, they're assuming that you can actually convert this, that anybody will want this thing in the future and that you'll be able to sell to save any kind of wealth in it. Um, that's based on the fact that somebody's going to want Bitcoin in the future, that they're going to accept it in the future. And the system that is set up in Bitcoin is that it's completely voluntary. The miners could stop at any moment. They could be regulated by government at any moment. Um, they basically don't have to provide you a real service. So this idea that Bitcoin is a service, as I like to describe it, as a bad service, because there's nothing that says that they have to allow your transaction to go through or allow you to convert it back to real currency. And they also never describe really what makes Bitcoin an inflation hedge. But, you know, so they're, so they're able to correctly identify inflation and they're able to, you know, they've, they've been successfully able to explain inflation pretty fairly correctly, I think, to the, to the mainstream media and do a pretty well, a really good job of this, right? Good, really good job of this, pointing it out. But that doesn't give them a pass on just saying Bitcoin's the solution. I mean, just because you describe the problem doesn't mean that you have the right solution. So, um, you know, another area that I might criticize them that they're packaging up is this concept of decentralization. Um, again, they say it's voluntary. Uh, so you could have five miners or you could have, you know, 20,000 miners. But there's no one um, that can really define decentralization that sort of exists on this fuzzy scale. It's this word that's very fuzzy. Um, and no one can, can quite really tell me what it means. It's usually described as something that is like a legal term for people that want to say Bitcoin is sufficiently decentralized. Um, but I'll have to pick this up again later, unfortunately. Sorry, I'm in the midst of cooking.